Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. seemed natural to me to talk about this transition that we're going through to change location. And, um, and being an Old Testament guy, um, I, I couldn't help but, but focus in on some, some changes of location in the Old Testament. But, um, but you know, it's all about a, a transition. Uh, it's all about a, a change in location. It's a change in um, how you live where you live, that kind of thing. It's a transition. And so I, 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 I started to think about, from a practical sense, what it means in this other building. And from a practical sense, right, it's a bigger space, which is going to be nice. We'll be able to spread out a little bit. Uh, we'll have a, a dedicated space for the kids um, that, that they can, can literally run in circles and play, and it'll be great um, on a nice new floor that, that they can spill stuff on, and it's no big deal. Um, so there, there's there's things about the the facilities themselves that are going to just make it nice to be in that that we uh, we've gotten by here, uh, but we all would look at it and go, yeah, well, it, it, if if we had endless resources and and money was no object, we would do things differently, uh, and, and those things are still here. Um, so so we can still dream bigger. But this new space is going to allow us to do some things that, that are just challenging to do here. Uh, so we're thankful for that. Uh, the sanctuary out there is just a beautiful sanctuary. Uh, it just opens up big, tall ceilings, beautiful woodwork throughout. And you just walk in and you go, wow, this is a beautiful space. Um, you're in a barn uh, with uh, white plastic walls. Um, and and they're, they're a bit padded, uh, which made me think that this is almost closer to an asylum. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, so things could be better, but you know what? Um, we've been here and, and one of the things that, that I appreciate about people who will come to a non-traditional church that will, um, be in a space that isn't quite finished and has lots of defects. It tells me you don't come for the furnishings. There's something else that you're coming for. There's some other reason for you to be here, whether that's community, whether that's the spirit that moves through the house, but it's not the building. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, but it, it is nice to have a beautiful space to go into. It is nice to be able to enjoy that. And that's one of the things I look forward to. Um, and one of the, I think the greatest things that I'm looking forward to is hallways. Hallways that you can get out of the sanctuary to the bathroom without getting out in the rain. Um, hallways that you can open the door and the, the, the lighting in the room doesn't change tremendously. Um, hallways where you can open the door and you're not blinded by the daylight as you go out. Um, so there, there are some very practical things about moving into this new space that, that are, are just going to be nice. Uh, they're, they're just going to be nice, and, and, and we'll, we'll enjoy them. And, and initially, they'll be refreshing. Um, and, and there is a, a, a danger in, in getting too comfortable with that and then it becoming you know, just ordinary, um, and you lose that appreciation. So... Um, so it's one of those things where if we remember being here, I think we'll always appreciate what we're walking into there a little bit more. 
But there's some negatives in that space too. Um, and these are some of the things that we're going to have to overcome. Um, it, it's going to be different. The room's going to feel different. It's going to feel very large. Um, and uh, there's going to be different noises and different distractions and all of those kind of things. It's not going to feel at home. Um, and that's true. Uh, if you've ever gone to, to visit someone and they've allowed you to stay in their room, as nice as they would like to make it, it it's not your room. You know, it's, it's not your bed. Um, all the little bumps and creaks and pops that happen in the middle of the night are all unusual. And so we're going to have to deal with some of that. So there's some negatives there, too. Um, the lights and sound, all of that's going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going to move a lot of, of what we can down there um, so that there, there is some appearance there. But, but we've got windows in the room down there that we don't have here. Um, and, and, of course, you just have a different dynamic in the room itself. And so there's going to be some differences that we'll have to overcome, and there, there'll be some quirks. Um, we'll get in there, and, and there'll be hums, and there'll be clicks and pops, and, um, you know, we'll have to deal with that. And the chairs will be a little crooked one day and, and crooked the other way the next day, you know, whatever. Um, and there, so there'll be some little things that we have to deal with. Um, but that's a part of, of just being just the transition of moving into a new space. It's going to be a little different. Um, but what's not going to change is the culture because we're going to take that with us because that's, that's really the foundation of, of, of what we've done here or, or what we've tried to do here anyway um, is to create a culture. Um, and it's grounded in Jesus. It's grounded in the word. But, but God gave us a mandate on this house that we're to cultivate that culture for more. And so, so we're going to continue that. That, that, is, that is like non-negotiable. That is, that is foundational. That is what we're going to do. Now, we're going to do it in a different space and we'll have the opportunity for, to make room for more people to come in. Um, but that, that is one of those things that we're going to take with us. And that's, and that's what we're going to do. Um, but you know, there's even in that, how, how we go about doing that can change. Um, and I, and I still don't fully understand it. I don't know what's going to happen in, happen in it, but I think there is something very, very interesting about connecting with Pilgrim's Rest Church. Um, obviously they're, they're much more formal, um, and, and we're much more casual uh, as was called out. Um, but there's something I think about a long-standing church in the area. They're they're on their 98th year, um, or coming into their 98th year. I guess this would be their 97th year. But sometime this year they'll celebrate their 98th year. Maybe I have that backwards. I'm not sure. Um, and here we are, kind of just getting started. And so I can't help but think about the the things that pass from generation to generation, and what is that going to mean for us. And I, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm excited when we can get to that point because right, right now we, we've, we've been focused on we found a space. It needs some work. Let's do the work. Let's get in there and let's get started. And so I look forward to getting started and, and understanding more of what that means when we can actually do ministry together. But ahead of us is this transition. And so I, I started looking in the Bible at, at transitional moments and there's, there's a lot. Um, and and I wanted to just come up with a few examples just to illustrate um, 
and then I was just like, well, how do you, how do you pick the right examples here? And, and so I, I just, I just stopped at some point and said, I'll just go with these. And so these all come out of Acts, but in Acts two, you find the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And you see, they, they went through this experience in the upper room where their lives were changed because they were in the upper room hiding. They were in the upper room because the, the Romans were looking for these, these Christians, these outcasts, if you will. And they have this experience in the upper room, and it tells us the next day they're on the streets. Boldly preaching the name of Jesus. And so they went from hiding to hollering overnight because they went through this experience, this transla- transition, transition in experience in the upper room. And then in Acts 3, there's a story um, where Peter and John are coming into the temple. And they pass a man who has been lame from birth. He's been unable to walk from birth. And, of course, they, this guy has his, his friends that carry him and put him by, by this pool every day that's on, on the way to the temple. And, of course, everyone who's going to the temple, you know, does their part and, and you know, pays their alms and gives them, you know, the spare change or whatever they can afford. But that day, Peter and John say, you know what? I don't have any change for you today, but let me, let me tell you who I do have for you. And you see, he changed their life that day. Where this man who's been unable to walk since birth is filled with strength and leaps up, the text says. And you know, if you think about it, this, this fellow who was there for his whole life, almost 40 years it says in the text, his whole life, He's been unable to walk. And that's, that's amazing that God would touch him and heal him, that he would leap up and begin to walk. That had to be a funny feeling. But, but his adult life has been spent as a beggar on the streets because he's been unable to walk and unable to maybe work. And so what is his next day going to look like where he doesn't have to be carried and he doesn't have to sit on his mat and he doesn't have to beg anymore? What is his next day going to look like? And the interesting thing about the text, it talks about um, a, a little bit later, they're, they're in the temple, and it says that, that this man who, who has just been healed is holding tightly to Peter and John because he knew something special happened to him. He knew that when they brought Jesus to him, his life was changed, and so he was hanging on tightly to them. And I think there's a word there that as we go through these transitional moments that we need to hang on tightly to the source, hang on tightly to Jesus who carries us through those moments. And then there's Acts 9. And this is Saul on the Damascus Road. And, of course, he is flash of light and the sound of thunder. And he is struck and blind. And so he goes through a tremendous transition there in the in the next few days where he is he's blinded taken to a house but there's another transition there and his name is Ananias and Ananias knows who Saul is and God calls out to Ananias Ananias he goes here I am Lord what can I do for you today I am ready to go and do it he says you know Saul and he says yeah I know Saul I know of him I want you to go to him and you've got to think that Ananias said, uh, I'm sorry, what? 
Because, you know, God uses people to touch other people. And like Ananias, God has a call in our life where we're to touch other people's lives. And those other people might not have the best reputation. And those other people might be a little rough around the edges. And it might not be someone that you would choose to go and hang out with and spend time with. But God doesn't call us to comfortable. He calls us and uses us because he loves those who are lost. I mean, he loves all of us, but he also wants to make sure that we reach the lost. And so Ananias has this transitional experience there where God calls him to the uncomfortable. And so there's, there's lots of these transitional moments in the Bible, but the, the two that I really focused on um, were the Israelites crossing the Red Sea and going into the wilderness, and then the end of that story where they're crossing the Jordan and going into the Promised Land. And those stood out to me, I think, because they're groups of people. And I can't help but think about our, our family here and, and how we're all going through this together and how we're all going to face this change together. And it's interesting when you begin to contrast the, the two periods in their life and you're really contrasting generations. Because we, as we know, they, the Israelites that came out of Egypt um, largely died in the wilderness. And it was the next generation that, that was permitted to go into the promised land. And so they, they, the Israelites coming out of, the, uh, out of Egypt uh, were coming out of a terrible situation. They were slaves in Egypt under increasingly trying conditions. Pharaoh was pushing and demanding more of them all the time. And as they came out of Egypt, they had to unlearn the Egypt culture. They had to unlearn how to live in Egypt and instead learn about kingdom culture. And they had to unlearn the dependence on Egypt and learn to depend on God. See, they had to unlearn all of the rules and lifestyles and those kind of things in Egypt and learn how to live godly lives through the word that God gave them. And then you contrast that to the, the, to the new generation that, that crosses the Jordan River who grew up in kingdom culture where God had, had spoke to their ancestors, had spoke to the previous generation and said, this is the law you should follow. This is how you should live. And you see, this new generation didn't grow up with those same difficulties and same trials coming out of Egypt, but they had a, a new way of living. And so they grew up with kingdom culture and they always knew God as provider. You see, God rained down manna, I say rained down, I don't know that it rained, um, but it was available. Every day they, they would go out and get the manna, and they collected the manna. And the people would say, God provides. And so they grew up in a culture where God always provided. And they grew up where God always led. See, they, they grew up with the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. That was a constant. And they knew when that moved, they moved. And they would set up camp, and there was an order to how they would move. But God was a constant in their life, constantly visible, constant presence. And so 
contrasting the two is you see a whole different generation and how they lived and how God interacted in their lives. In Egypt, they weren't even permitted to worship. And if you recall, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to go uh, like three days journey so that they could worship their God. And then I suppose they were going to return. But they weren't allowed to worship, and now they're in the wilderness, and they, this new generation has grown up with worship. They have grown up with the tabernacle as an ever-present piece of their life. So there's a few parallels I see um, with what we're going through. Um, you know, just in our everyday lives, just coming in here, and you know, has little to do with the building that we're in, but we have a culture that we live in out there that probably is more like Egypt than it is kingdom. I mean, there's, there's bits and pieces of kingdom out there, but there's a lot of Egypt out there in the world too. So we all have to have this battle of living in a culture and not picking up that culture and carrying it into our lives and how we live. And instead, we've got to filter all that through a kingdom perspective and know which parts that we can operate in and which ones we should reject. But as the Israelites entered a new location, as they entered the promised land, and let me go back. I skipped my spot where I was supposed to read the text here um, because that that is going to be important for what I'm going to say. You think? All right, uh, the text comes out of Joshua chapter 3, and it's uh, verses 1 through 5. And uh, out of the, the New Living Translation, it reads, it says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. And since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay at about a half mile behind them, keeping clear distance between you and the Ark and make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Now there's a couple things here that I, I read this morning that, that I don't have in my notes. Um, and it's interesting because one of the things they didn't carry in the promised land was the, the cloud and the fire. And the Bible is not clear as to where the, the cloud and the fire ceased. Um, but the, the text says, um, it's very interesting here, it says, you've not gone this way before, and when you see the priests move, follow them. And this is the first time, really, that they're following something other than the cloud in 40 years. And the other thing that was interesting about what I was reading this morning is that it's, it's very particular here. It says, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the ark, and what I read this morning said that there's a difference in the Levites. There's Levitical priests who do the ceremonies, who are involved in the temple, and then there's other people who are from the Levitical camp that are not priests in the tabernacle. And typically, it would be the non-priest segment of the Levites that would carry the ark. But in this case, it's the priest. It's those people who would enter the presence of God who are carrying the ark, rather than the people that just set up the tabernacle. 
And so there's a, there's a difference about what they're going through here today. The other thing that was interesting, too, is that typically when, when the Israelites moved, the ark is in the center of the procession. There's 12 tribes, and they would go in some kind of order, and the ark would remain in the middle. And it's interesting that in this case, the ark is out front. And it's interesting because they're going into a land they were promised, but they know it's also filled with adversaries. And the ark is still out front. And so I look at that, and, and what I get from that is, if you let God go out front, then your enemies will scatter ahead. But if you go out front, you have to face your enemies first. And so there's, there's something there in the text that, that tells me that we need to ensure that God is out in front of us. The other thing that was interesting, too, they talked a lot about the, the traditional way it would move and, and being in the midst of the uh, in the midst of the tribes and how they were organized and how they would have to select someone to lead the tribe until they decided that they were in the right place. And so the, the, the tribe and the whole encampment was led by men. And in this case, it is led by the priest. So there's a transition there just in who the leader is. See, it's no longer Joshua and his relationship with God, but now it's the priest and their relationship and the presence of God that goes with them in the ark. So there's a, there's a shift we see here where God's presence is no longer visible, but the priests who have it internal now become the leaders in the camp. And so I, I think that just reinforces to me that, that we need to really have that relationship with Christ. We really need to know who's leading us. We need to have our eyes and ears open and our hearts sensitive to the move of the Spirit so that when he speaks, we know where to move. All that was extra. It won't cost you anything. But... The other thing that's interesting is, is as they make this transition, the Israelites who previously camped and were in tents, who were constantly moving, they may stay in an area for a while, but everything was portable. Everything was moving. And moving into the promised land allows them to now move from tents to homes. It allows them to, to have a mobile tabernacle and instead make it a temple. Rather than tent poles and fabric that you set up and tear down, it's stone and it's timbers and things that, that remain in place. And so it changes the focus from, from being ready to move to focusing more on growing where you're at. And I see that, I see that as something that, that we're going to also do. So it allows them to be more established. It allows them to be more established. And I think for us, moving into this new location is going to allow us to be more established. Um, now, I don't know, maybe it never occurred to y'all or anything out here, but, but for me, I always had this in the back of my head um, because we're, we're connected with the barn church down in Berrien Springs. And the township came to them and said, you know what, guys, you really can't be meeting like this. And, uh, and, and essentially told them that, that they would have to make lots of improvements to the building to make it up to code, all the fire systems, alarms, and all the other kind of things. Um, 
in the back of my head, it always occurred to me that they could come in here and do the same thing to us. And it's probably reality. They probably could. Um, fortunately, uh, my neighbors are, are spread away from us. Maybe the township's a little more lax. I don't know. But so far, we've not had that visit. Thank God. Um, so that's something that, that weighs on me, and it takes some of my energy away. And it, and it honestly, it, it, it is something where we look at it and we go, well, you know what? We really don't want to tell a lot of people we're here. We really don't want 100 cars out front because that's going to draw a lot of attention. And so we were somewhat limited in what we would engage in here as far as reaching out. And moving to this new building is going to take all that away. So I'm excited. I'm excited because, because now it's not going to be this organic growth. And bless y'all for inviting people you know, your friends and neighbors and loved ones or whatever. And I'm excited because we're going to be able to interrupt people's Facebook feed with a little bit of gospel. Um, and, uh, and, and we're going to be able to put a sign up by the street that says, you're welcome here. You know, come and visit. Um, God loves you, whatever. Um, and we're going to be able to do that with more energy and more enthusiasm than we've been able to do that here. Um, so, so I'm excited about that. Um, I've really gotten off my notes here quite a bit, so I'm trying to recover. All right. For some people, um, not y'all, and I can say that honestly and sincerely, not y'all, um, the, the, the church not being in a church building is a hindrance. Uh, honestly, there's some people that, that, that even if they knew it was here, because it, it's not a church building, it doesn't look like a church, they're going to be hesitant to come in. Um, and that's just that's the truth of it, and I recognize that. Um, and I can say that's, that's not true with the folks that are here. Um, but, again, that hindrance goes away. Um, if they have families, um, you know, people want to do a drive-by before they come in to visit and see how many minivans are in the parking lot, we got that covered. Thank you all, we got that covered. Um, you know, having bathrooms close. Um, I always, I think about Ken's mom when she comes because uh, she doesn't get around really well. Um, and every time that she has to, to, to step out to use the bathroom, I just, my heart aches. Um, because I, I know it's, it's getting up there. And heaven forbid it be rainy or snowy or something like that. Um, so I thank God for hallways. So I'm excited that we're going to have a, a place where that's not going to be a hindrance. And you know what? Um, you know, the other thing we're going to be able to focus on is, is, is growth. Um, and you have to be careful there. Because, you know, like I said before, the growth of people who are here is far more important to me than growth in numbers of people who are not here. Yeah, would it be great to see so many other people in? Would it be great to have a big crowd in there? Would it bring a different energy in and excitement? Sure, sure, all those things. But if that's all we're going for, then that is shallow and, and it doesn't impact lives. I would much rather see people's lives change. I would much rather see people overcome hurts and be healed and families be restored. All those things that we sung about this morning, I'd rather see all of that than to see a crowd full of people whose lives are a shamble. But I believe that if we grow in people, 
much like Becky talked about earlier, what we've seen in here already, I believe if we do that, then I think numbers and people coming in the door is not going to be a problem. Because I, I think if we stay on that path and we let God be God and let him do the healing and the restoration and, and all of those things, and we just create an environment where, where people feel welcome and loved, and we can get them into a place where, where we can praise and we can open up that window of heaven and it can be pouring out, then, then those people will come. They'll be attracted to that. And it won't be attracted to us. It won't be attracted to the building or the facility. Those things won't be a hindrance for them. That will allow them to come in the door, but it's God who's going to change their lives. It's God who is going to uh, be in the atmosphere when they come in that they are really going to be touched by. And so growth is going to bring growth. Growth in people is going to bring growth in numbers. But that's also going to mean uh, there's going to be more demand. And we that got mentioned a couple of times earlier, so I won't mention it again. But but there is going to be opportunities to to get plugged in in different ways. You know, there's going to be opportunity when there's a hundred people, you know, in the room that we can we can look at mission trips. We can we can look. I mean, we could look at them now, right? But when you want to send twenty people, that leaves three people here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's great. Those three people will have the best service. But, you know, when there's 100 people and we can send 20, man, what an impact we could have. You know, and everyone, 100 people get to be a part, even if they never never set foot, you know, they never step out. So opportunities are coming that we don't even recognize right now. And, uh, and I appreciate those of you who've, who've helped out in the building, those of you who have, have stepped up and taken on things, who have a vision for the cafe and hospitality, who are taking on, you know, revitalizing the website and, and all those other things that I shouldn't even start mentioning because I'll forget something and nobody get offended because I'm forgetful. But there are going to be more opportunities. Um, we are going to have a nursery. Where, where moms with, with kids can go. If you're nursing, there'll be a place to go that is comfortable and inviting and loving. And, um, and you know what? You'll be able to meet with other mothers there. You'll be able to, to have a conversation. And we want to be able to have the service on the screen so you're not missing it. Right now, that's not even, not even conceivable here, really. But those are all things that we want to do. We want to keep people connected. We want to, we want to create the, the best environment that we can to take all those hindrances, all those things that would be distractions and that would take people away from focusing on God. We just want to address all of those and take them away so that people have the best opportunity to strive for more of him and be in his presence. All right. The growth will also bring growth pains. And uh, just like it says in verse 4, it says, we've never been this way before. Um, you know, we're, we're all learning as we go. Um, I thank God that, that, that there's some dreamers in the house. I thank God that there's some experts in the house. Um, <laughs> we were trying to pick out, we, I mostly, um, uh, was trying to, uh, to pick out a, a screen and projector. I don't know anything about screens. I, what I found out was I... I, I I learned that I didn't know a lot about projectors. I thought it was just like, pick one out, and it's no big deal. But apparently there's a lot to it. 
Um, and you honestly can spend as much on a projector as you desire. Because someone will build you a $100,000 projector. We didn't buy that one. We didn't buy that one. Um, but we've got to figure out all of that stuff. And, uh, and thankfully, we have a few people that know a few things about a few things uh, that help us get over some of those hurdles. But we got a lot of learning and a lot of growth that we've got to have to do. A lot of new challenges um, to, to figure out how to run the TV cables and lines and how to get it to come on and stay in sync and how to get it to transition from this feed to that feed. And I'm just scratching the surface. And I really don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, but there's going to be lots of opportunities for those kind of things to do new things. And that's all going to be through growth. And, and you know what? Some of it's going to work really well, and there's going to be other places where we're going to stumble and have to recover. Um, and so what we need to do is um, we just need to carve out a little more grace for one another. Um, carve out a little more grace for one another. Um, and then the other thing I wrote down here is that, is that as people come in, um, y'all have been here, hopefully, Y'all know the heart of what we're trying to do and, and have caught a vision for what we're trying to do and, and hopefully that you can uh, see and trust in what's happening. But you know what? As new people come in and they see something, they might be more apt to grumble and complain. And so I would say none of that is going to be healthy. And so if you hear some of that, then, then we need the family to step up and go, I hear what you're saying, but let's not talk this way. Let's, there's a proper way to do this, right? Because those kind of things end up being like a, a virus and it just spreads. And so it's, it's going to be on us to, to really to address that up front and make sure that those things don't get out of control. So be an advocate um, and, and don't let that spread. And then the last thing is stay connected. You know, things are going to be different. We'll be busy with different things. Um, obviously, there's a lot of new opportunities in this space that can, again, pull us away, occupy our time, and allow us to become distracted and disconnected. And so we've got to be really diligent about staying connected. Got to stay connected. Um, we're not planning to, uh, to really change up the service a whole lot. I think that'll stay the same. We'll still have family Sundays. We'll still stop and eat. Um, and, and speaking of eating, um, I'm getting hungry. I can see some of y'all are licking your lips. We're going to have to get out there. So the last thing I've got here um, is I want to circle back to verse 5. And in verse, uh, verse 5, it says, Joshua told the people, as they're preparing to make this transition, as they're preparing to move into this new land, and, and honestly, Joshua is not entirely sure how this is going to work. He gives his people some instruction. He says, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. So, I would say in, in this last week before um, we start down to the new building, there, there is still going to be some work to do, and thank you all in advance for whatever time you can carve out to help us there. Um, our, our goal is to be done with construction by Wednesday. I think we got a shot at doing that. Um, now, we may still be hanging screen, screens and running cables and that kind of thing, um, so there will be still some setup to do. 
Um, but hopefully the heavy lifting and the painting and the flooring and everything will be done by Wednesday. Um, but with all that, if you will spend time in prayer this week, you know, if you can't make it down there, just pray for the people who are able to make it down there, that their backs don't give out, that their hands don't go numb, um, that they can, you know, wash the glue off their arm at the end of the day. Um, th there is a lot of work and there's a lot of effort uh, been put out already um, to make that space um, really nice. Um, pray for those who have vision. Pray for those who um, are kind of transforming the space and, and taking our, if you will, our character and our culture down there. Um, uh, Tori mentioned that Tuesday night, again, that we'll be down there uh, with praise and presence. And it really is about just saturating the ground. Uh, you know, the, that building is essentially empty for a year. Um, and so we're bringing prayer back into that building. It's not to say it was zero, but, but it hasn't been a regular place of prayer. Um, and so we want to bring prayer back into that place and, um, again, just prepare the ground for, for a new harvest. So if you will, just prepare yourself and, um, and spend some time in prayer and, uh, and lift up um, the location. Pray for those who are coming. Pray for everyone who's working, the leadership, the worship team, the children's uh, workers, the people cleaning the bathrooms and vacuuming the hallways. Um, it's, all, it's all a labor. And, and to be honest, all those things for, for people um, who aren't church people, all those things really matter a lot. And it's going to be in those details that, that people are going to, to see things first and, and judge whether or not that we really care about the place. If they don't care about the, the walls and the paint, then how do they care about the people? Um, and, and yes, it's two separate things, but, but for people who don't know you, um, you know, that's the first thing they're going to see. And so we want that to be done well, and, and people are working hard to make that happen. But definitely be in prayer that, that all of that wraps up, um, that everyone is, is healthy and whole, and that um, we have an opportunity to rest before Sunday comes. Um, because I can tell you this morning um, that until we got to maybe the second song, and y'all should warn a person before y'all throw up a song like that in the middle. Oh, my goodness, I was just wrecked up here. I was wrecked because I thought less of God and he convicted me immediately of like, you know, you don't believe in miracles. Come on. But you know, it isn't that I, that I don't believe, but I get so busy and so focused on what I can do. I forget who I'm doing it for. Um, and I forget that I should really be asking him first, you know, anyway. So be in prayer about, about being down there because at the end of the day, it's a building. It's not the church. This is the church. Church is, is in company of people. It's a gathering of people. All those other things just kind of icing on the cake, but it's not the cake. But we're the church. So pray for the church. Pray for people. Because we're all going to go through this together. Um, and while, while yes, there may be a, a little bit of a difference in, in who's painting and who's polishing and who's vacuuming and cleaning or whatever, uh, we're all going to go through this together. It is going to be a shift. We won't meet here. We're going to meet in a different space. Uh, and there's going to be some transition that has to be overcome there.
We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.